Welcome to the Final Draft Great Conversations podcast. Today's great conversation is with Jacqueline Booten. The Final Draft Great Conversations podcast is all about books, writing, and literary culture. My name's Andrew Popel, and each week I broadcast Final Draft from the studios of 2SER in Sydney. Final Draft is dedicated to exploring Australian writing, from debut authors to household names. Every week we look into the issues that drive our storytelling and help you discover more from the books you love. These are the stories that make us who we are. To SEO broadcast from the lands of the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. I'm recording on the lands of the Darug and Gunungurra people. I want to acknowledge the traditional owners of those lands and pay my respects to their ongoing connection to their lands, that these are unceded lands, that treaty has never been made with Australia's first peoples. Jacqueline Booten is the executive director of the Stella Prize. Now in its 10th year, the Stella Prize brings together the most incredible new writing from Australian women and non-binary authors. With the shortlist just announced and the 2022 prize announcement coming up at the end of April, Jacqueline and I are going to chat about Stella's history, the success they've achieved so far, and what's to be done into the future. Join me and join Jacqueline as we talk Stella Prize and the lead up to the 2022 announcement. Prize time is upon us. It is that exciting time of the year where we are starting to sort out our book clubs with incredible long lists and short lists. And the Stella Prize, we love the Stella Prize. We are never going to get sick of talking about the Stella Prize. So it is with great pleasure that I welcome Jacqueline Booten to Final Draft. Jacqueline is the Executive Director of the Stella Prize. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks so much for having me. Lovely to talk to people who want to talk about books. And talk about the Stella Prize, which is now, it's the 10th year, right? I've got that. Yeah. 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 Happy birthday. You've got, you've got your pen license and <laughs> all those things that happen when you know, telling a, telling a prize. It's extraordinary. Like um, you know, the idea that something that really did come from this um, energy of, of uh, a group of women working in the publishing and um, bookselling space saying we know women aren't being recognized enough let's do something about it and 10 years on here we are really doing things about it it's it's really extraordinary yeah now you have touched on it there but can you just tell us a little bit more they it wasn't just a group of women who were just kind of like hey do you want to start a prize like oh i'm not doing anything tonight why not there was a very specific origin story tell us a little bit about what was happening at the time oh look it was um There was a point in time where uh, the Miles Franklin Literary Award was um, really not representing the full range of uh, talent in the Australian literary industry. And the year before the Stella was created, there was an all-male shortlist. And, you know, that... We almost at that time didn't think about it very much, but I I do genuinely mean it when I say a group of women who pay very close attention to what is being published and what is reaching um, readers looked at that and said it's not good enough. Actually, there is uh, unrecognised bias at play here and we should do something about it. So it was, you're right, it wasn't a quick um, Mm. decision or an easy thing to get up and off the ground but it was um, definitely a response to lack of representation and recognition that there were stellar books by women oh haha pun stellar books by women not getting read enough and that they deserve that kind of recognition and what started as an incredible but you know it was a, a relatively small endeavor to begin has really grown in 10 years and one part of that endeavour is 
uh, of the organization is the stellar count, which keeps accounts mm. uh, of the reporting and the reviewing of books in the Australian press. So, um, apropos of nothing, how's that going? <laughs> You're absolutely right. So, prize, um, literary prizes was one of the areas that we knew that there wasn't enough recognition for, for women and non-binary writers. The other was in book reviews. So, book reviews are really critical in our industry. They introduce new readers to new authors. They um, really can change careers. They are one of the things that... Uh, curriculum developers use to think about what books are being taught in our schools. And uh, again, there was anecdotal but um, clear sense that women weren't receiving as many reviews as uh, their male counterparts and that the reviews they were receiving were shorter literally less inches, uh, and that that was, again, another piece of unconscious bias. So the Stella Camp having tracked that over the last 10 years, sorry, eight years, and uh, it was pretty clear in those early years what we were seeing was that books by women were getting something like 40% of the uh, total um, reviews being presented in those publications. We just, earlier this, sorry, late, Early March, we just released the latest count, two years of data from 2019 and 2020. And what we've seen for the first time is that books by women are receiving slightly more than half of the book reviews. So we've hit um, equity and we've just tipped over. So books by women receiving 52, 53% of the reviews. Um, Again, it takes conscious effort to look for these things uh, to then push through that kind of change. So, yeah, we're delighted. It's, It's been a long time coming. I think it's terribly generous the way you keep referring to unconscious bias. Um, (laughs) While we may never be in the hearts of minds of decision makers 10 plus years ago, I would would say there's probably been a bit of conscious bias too. And the Stella count, again, it may be very difficult to prove, but to have such a prominent count um, surely must be leveraging this movement towards parity. You're absolutely right. So we um, we survey 12 publications from around the country, both print and online. Uh, when I say we have seen equity, we're talking average. There are definitely publications that still haven't reached um, that parity line and that perhaps might never. And, yeah, it can sometimes be um, a conscious decision to focus on particular kinds of books by um, editorial staff. So we do think of the count as a piece of... Um, advocacy work, holding those people to account and continuing to advocate for better representation, partly because we know those things can change over time. If you don't continue to check and discuss it, gains can be lost, things can slip backwards. So, yeah, it's maybe a mix of conscious and unconscious Mm. and either way, we're sticking at it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I know even just from my perspective, I've been now um, doing final draft, working on final draft in all its various forms for nine, coming on 10 years. And the stellar count was a factor in my thinking one year when I, I just went, well, look, I don't, think we have any sort of bias, but I don't know. I don't have numbers. And I got really excited and built a spreadsheet and was pleased. (laughs) I was pleased that I was doing an okay job. And now it is something that you have, uh, the Stellar Count is a part of what has kept in my mind the fact that if you don't, you can fall into patterns that maybe are being dictated by other people, maybe just being dictated by your own blind spots. 
Hundred percent. When I when the Stella count started, I wasn't part of the Stella team. I was just a book lover working in our industry in Melbourne, and it made me think about my own reading habits. And I did a very similar thing. Started to build out my spreadsheet, tracking what was I reading in the fiction non-fiction space, and what was I reading by women or men, and what was I reading that was coming out of Australia versus the Northern Hemisphere, predominantly the US. So I think it's always good for us to check our own assumptions as well. Um, and and yeah, I changed some habits in a, in a good way. Now, normally I'd build up, I'd offer little teasers, I'd have a few other <laughs> questions to throw at you, but not this year. No way. It's too exciting. It's too fascinating a list. Jacqueline, you have joined me because the Stella Prize has released the shortlist for 2022. Could you do the honours, please? Oh, it's my absolute joy. Um, the 2022 Stella Prize shortlist is six titles, and they are... Take Care by Eunice Andrada from Giramondo Publishing. Drop Bear by Evelyn Araluen from University of Queensland Press. No Document by Anwen Crawford from Giramondo Publishing. Bodies of Light by Jennifer Down from Text Publishing. And Stone Fruit by Lee Lai, Fantagraphics. And the final is Homecoming by Elfie Shiyosaki from Magabala Books. That's just... I, I'm- Maybe we'll find a proper sound effect to drop in there. But <laughs> it is an incredible list. I'm going to encourage people straight away, uh, like don't turn us off, but stella.org.au has the list, the long list. It has interviews. There's so much to discover here. Go there after you've listened to us. <laughs> <laughs> The chair, the chair of the Stella Prize judging panel, Melissa Lukashenko, has noted that the 2022 list, there's an outward focus. Um, it features the inclusion of poetry for the first time, and she also notes that in the aftermath of Black Lives Matter and the Me Too, Stella writers are not holding back, um, which really, I think, is as good an encapsulation of this list as you could probably ask. What are your reflections on um, the lists that we've got? Yeah, it's it's. I think it's a really exciting list and I think it speaks to the current times. This is something that we talk about a lot in our conversations with judges and uh, writers and publishers and booksellers. You see trends in literary publishing in Australia and um, things, you know, particular, particular issues or topics become um, the flavour of the month. But actually these are books that uh, come from deep investigation and long interest in issues of justice, uh, issues of truth-telling. They really are authors who have something vital to say about this time and place. And I think, um, you know, I adore Melissa Lukashenko. We are absolutely honoured to have her as the chair of judges. She's right when she says it is outward-looking. It also, to me, feels very Australian or or, or local in a way that, yeah, I think readers are really going to connect with. Now, we talked before about the Stella count, but of course, Mm. the imbalance of both who gets to be heard and also the stories that they tell, it's never been solely about gender divides, but also involves engaging with intersectional and decolonial ways of thinking. Um, I'm going to point people back to stella.org.au. There's a great interview with yourself, Jacqueline, that they can read up there. And you, you frame the question in there, what does a just literary sector in Australia look like? Mm. Can you elaborate a little bit on that thought and also uh, the way the current shortlist perhaps takes us further along that journey? 
Yeah, absolutely. It is, you know, it comes from those roots for Stella. The first question we were looking at is gender. Um, But obviously we know that there are many barriers to full participation and access to a creative life and even more to making a living from your craft. It is incredibly difficult to make a living as a writer in Australia. Uh, That can be compounded by family issues. It can be compounded by um, cultural and identity barriers that people face, at least in terms of the kinds of um, lack of representation and even discrimination that can be faced. And so for Stella, that question of whose voice is not being heard is really critical. And this year's list We have three debut authors on that list. We have First Nations authors. We have women of colour. We have non-binary and trans authors in the long list and now also in the short list. These are the kind of perspectives that aren't getting enough airtime. And I do truly think part of the role of Stella is to say these are the voices and the kinds of um, literary works that are going to make cultural change long term. If we are going to have... I get very earnest here, but if we are going to have a a national culture that truly represents Australia, these kind of voices deserve more attention. So, yeah, it is is an exciting time to be saying, get your hands on these books, read these authors, watch the interviews with them. Um, They are going to you know, challenge some authors and, uh, sorry, some readers and delight others, but all of them are incredibly um, important contributions to the cultural life. Oh, so exciting. And I do get earnest, I know, but they're good books. Get your hands on them. <laughs> a, no, absolutely. This is this was going to be my next point because we have about a month. How bad am I? I've not written down the date. I want to say mm-hmm. I want to say April 28. I got it right. Okay. The winner comes out April 28. What an exciting month we have ahead of us. And look, at the moment, I've I've read two of the shortlisted books. I have another two physically. Like I have copies mm-hmm. of them on my to be read pile. They're all on the to be read pile in my heart. Um, It's just about getting to a bookshop. Now, I know, Jacqueline, that if I ask you to pick faves, you'll rightfully demure. (laughs) You'll rightfully demure. So I thought maybe we could get a little peripheral. How, How do you feel? You game? Yep, let's do it. All right. This this can be a bit quick fire. You can answer at length if you like. But first question, have you read the full shortlist? I've read all but one. Okay. Which book would you not want falling on your head as you drift off to sleep? <laughs> Bodies a, of Light. Yeah. It's a chunky book. <laughs> That's a gimme. I think you can sit a few a few um a few of them up and they still can't you know, reach the top. Have any of the shortlist made you cry? Oh, that's such a good question. I would say at least four of the five that I've read so far have made me cry. Um, but I'm a crier. <laughs> okay. I am too. Have any of the shortlist made you laugh? Yes. And I, yes, absolutely. And I think for me, part of the joy in this list is that can happen, particularly in in the poetry. Laughing can follow or just, or even just precede one of the sentences that has made me cry. Uh, We're all back out in the world or we're, you know, trying to be back out in the world. If you could grab a drink with any of the shortlist authors, where would you take them? Where would you take them? (laughs) You know, actually what I would do, um, look, this is probably, actually what I would do is take 
five of the shortlistees with me to uh, Canada to have a drink with Lee Lai, who's based overseas. It's always a joy for us at Stella when all of the authors can be together and it gets rarer as time goes on. So I don't have a bar that I go to, but um, having them all together is a pretty special moment. I'm sure there's probably a few good bars in Canada. (laughs) I'll let Lee direct us on that. She'll know. I mean, we're going in a winter. If you could tee this up now, you could do a picnic. Okay, last last question for the short, for the quick fire round. If you were to give one book on the list to our political leaders, what excuse would they give you for not reading it? Uh, uh, do you want to know what the book is, or just what they, what their excuse? I am be? I am deliberately making sure <laughs> you don't have to name books if you don't want to. Yeah. Yeah, look, there, there are a number of books on this list if I handed to a politician, I think they would say, oh, I don't read that form. Uh, and that's, you know, again, because there are authors on this list who are pushing at the edges of genre, really are making um, works that require you to come along on a, on a ride with them uh, and read in different ways than people might be experienced. So, yeah, I think almost... Any book that makes a politician uncomfortable is a good book in my uh, perspective, but, and I think a few of them might do that. I would have also accepted, I don't hold a book, mate. <laughs> oh, that breaks my heart. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Jacqueline. That was um, – I know you can't tell me a favourite. I'm not stupid. I'm not going to ask you to, to say something like that. But, I mean, a, a book – should always be a journey and it should always have us asking questions about laughing and crying. And I mean, I I am fortunate enough to get to um, think to myself, if you could meet the author, what would you ask them and then meet them and ask them? So get to do it. And get to do it. So, I mean, I agree with you. How great would it be just to sit down with the shortlist authors and just, just have a round table? Um, Yeah. Do you have a favorite? I mean, I, as I said, I've only read, I've only read two. Oh, you've read two of them so far. Of the of the six, and I started a third one last night. Um, but then I'm I'm also, I'm also just thinking if in a perfect world I would have the time to read all the things, but I also know with Sydney Writers Festival coming up, I'm going to be reading for that and reading for the show. Um, I'm probably not going to get through the shortlist before you announce it. And then if it's not one of the ones that I've already read, I'm probably going to be power reading that to try and set up an interview. <laughs> I yeah. put it, put it this way. I know, um, I know even from my limited experience, the book that I would probably try to whack a few politicians across the head with. Um, mm. And look, it's not going to give them concussion. That's probably the only clue that I'll give mm. you. But it's not its not yeah. fair to single out these books. They, they exist as this incredible collective at the moment. And uh, I, want, I want people to go out and discover them. I, I totally agree. And our judges do exceptional work in, in making selection criteria, the judging criteria work for them. And, you know, original outstanding, oh, sorry, original engaging um, work is can come in a variety of forms. And mm. this list, I think, demonstrates it. I'm so excited. 
It's going to be terrific. And I mean, it's as we speak, and we've we're, we're probably getting into this. Will make the podcast. So the fact that this this question might date a little bit uh, doesn't matter. But it's only just dropped the the short list. I ha- I am yet to see the um the online uh, fisty cuffs around. Why didn't this make the list? Or where was this? And I'm like, bring it on. We we yeah. talk about the most superficial. BS in this world. I love watching people getting passionate about their favorite book and just duking it out. I totally agree. And it's one of the things, again, I think is very special about the Stella Prize, which is coming from that grassroots origins. And and really, we really do believe that um, the Stella community is incredibly broad, but there is this grassroots, predominantly Melbourne-driven um, reading and writing sector that are passionate about Stella. And they have strong opinions of what the Stella list should look like and that everyone makes their predictions. And I'm all for it. I, I keep myself very quiet as I watch those predictions roll out and the kind of um, celebration of who's made it and the and the kind of sadness about what books didn't make it. But all of them, I think, you know, people... It, it, it is really meaningful to us that people feel a sense of ownership of the prize and have a strong sense of what a stellar book is. And we want to keep that going. Yeah. So if you have listened this far into the conversation, take what Jacqueline and I are saying to heart. And if you're angry about this shortlist, you go out you go out and buy your favourite book that didn't make it and shove it into as many sets of hands as you possibly can. That'll, yeah. that'll, show, that'll show them. That'll show them. Buy more books. <laughs> Um, Jacqueline, it has been so great for you to join me today. Can you give us, just just going out, can you tell people where they're going to find out more and when to tune in for the big day? Yeah, so all of the information about the books is on our website, stella.org.au. We are very active on Twitter and Insta, and there are opportunities there to see um, readings from each of the authors, interviews with the authors, a whole range of content celebrating the books and the and the people listed. So definitely check that out. And then the winner announcement will happen on Thursday the 28th of April. The announcement will be made by Melissa Lukashenko as chair of the judges. Uh, And I strongly recommend everyone head to their local bookstore or library uh, the next day and get their hands on the winning book. Thank you so much. I am... uh this has been such this has been such a great conversation. I am joined by the executive director of the Stella Prize, Jacqueline Booten. Thank you again uh, ha- for helping me kind of hype this up because it is great to have a reason to read more. <laughs> always, always a reason to read more. Thanks so much for having me. That's it for this great conversation with Jacqueline Booten. Jacqueline Booten is the executive director of the Stella Prize. You might have heard us mention it, but it's worth saying one more time. If you want to find out more about this incredible prize, the books that have won over the last 10 years, I mean, thinking about it, there are more than 100 books that have been longlisted over the years. If you need a reading list, that's a place to start. And you go to stellaprize.org.au. Great Conversations is recorded on the lands of the Darug and Gunungurra people. The show is produced and presented by Andrew Popel. Stay in touch. You will find Final Draft on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Love having a chat. Join us. Talk books. Anytime. Just look for at Final Draft 2 SER. If you subscribe wherever you are listening to this podcast, it means a new great conversation every week. It means some bonus. It means a book club. 
I am Andrew Popel. I will be back next week with more great conversations from Final Draft. As always, I wish you very happy reading. Bye now.